Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastor Podcast. My name is Michael. And I'm Rob. Stay with us as we talk about church, theology, culture, and everything in between. Hey, what's up, Babblers? Welcome back to the Babylon Pastor Podcast. Cowabunga, dude. Oh, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Join heirs with Jesus. Walk by his blood. So in that song, <laughs> there are already a bunch of the very things that we're going to talk about today. <laughs> also, in case you guys are catching up from last week, <laughs> I, I'm so happy that he included it in this week's episode. <laughs> so yeah, so what are we talking about this week, Rob? We're talking about phrases like, I've been washed in the fountain. Or cleansed by his blood. Or joint um, heirs? Joint heirs <laughs> with Jesus. Uh, traveling this sod. Uh, all kinds of things. This whole song is this episode. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I guess what we're really coming to is that it's not like we made up the words and used them. It's that they were in our songs and then we just kind of took the verbiage and put it all out out there. Where did hedge of protection come from? I remember that one a lot. That's somewhere in the Old Testament, I think. Um, you know, probably a Jobish reference. I bet. Yeah. It's a good guess. I don't know, though. But yeah. I remember uh, <laughs> if, if you're watching this episode, uh, put an F in the chat for if anybody ever prayed a hedge of protection around you. <laughs> <laughs> because every youth trip we went on there was a hedge of protection right around that church van mm-hmm. now granted miracles do come true or do happen because um some of the church vans we were in shouldn't have made it there and back <laughs> so might be something to that hedge of protection <laughs> so um this episode, we're talking about some of the Christianese terms, things that are a little confusing to maybe some people outside. Um, the things that came up a lot in the um, in the poll I took was a lot of, I mean, like you said, washed in the blood. That seemed pretty confusing to some people <clears throat> initially early on. Um, this whole idea of, of, of blessing, what that looked like. Um, brothers and sisters, which I, I, I briefly touched on that. I think it was last episode, maybe the episode before, like why in the world? <laughs> Now, again, to be fair, I don't think that that terminology is used a lot anymore outside of like old country churches. Um, But that is something that some people hear sometimes, which, you know, there's a part of me that misses that a little, (laughs) even though it is a little strange language. Um, there, There is, I mean, if you guys want to reference last week's episode, there is this kind of family dynamic that's missed a little bit. Um, again, you don't have to use that terminology maybe to get that dynamic, but it's missing a bit. So what were your, what were some of your favorite Christianese terms growing up? Um, favorite as in hated the most. (laughs) Well, uh, favorite as in hated the most, that changes (laughs) things. Um, so I think the things, if I had to pick something like that, it would be the things that, you know, now, as I look back, I know like that's not only is that difficult to understand, it's stupid and not like in scripture or whatever, like, 
um, let go and let God, right? Like that, that is, there's some truth to that for sure. Mm -hmm. Is that misuse radically? Yep. And, you know, uh, for an unbeliever, I can't imagine what that sounds like. It must just sound like, don't do anything. Um, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I made a bunch of bad financial decisions. I let go and let God, you know. Okay. Bankruptcy. (laughs) be all right (laughs) you know (laughs) uh uh, so another one traveling mercies how about that oh i do remember that one i don't know how i forgot that one because that was almost always paired with hedge protection (laughs) right there you go traveling mercies oh man uh i do uh, remember that yeah i i there's some you know i get that um and traveling mercies uh, to translate, uh, there, it would just be used if someone was going, um, on a mission trip or frankly going across the country to visit yeah, long distance or whatever. No one ever played for uh, traveling mercies for you to go to the store. It was always yeah. something like, <laughs> even though most accidents happen, happen one mile from your home. So you would think if there was ever a time for us to pray for traveling mercies, we it would be <laughs> right. Like. You don't really need this if you're going to uh, Florida for the winter. You really need this if you're going to Physically, you're not going to get a wreck. Right? <laughs> but, I, you know, I think that there's there, uh, traveling mercies, right? Mm-hmm. Like that God would bring someone safely to wherever they're going. That's something that, uh, of course, we want and we hope for. But there's also um, a sense in which... You know, like, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's wrong biblically to pray that they that they get martyred for their faith while they're gone. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not that that's we're, what I want to do. What, what typically happens in Christianity, and go the opposite direction whenever something <laughs> bad happens. And because you pray for traveling mercies, we are going to play for traveling martyrdoms. Lord, when they arrive, please let them get killed in your name. Like, what? Hold on. I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I did not sign up for this part of it. Yes. Like guaranteed? Why are you praying for this? No, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. If we're consistent, we, we got to swing the whole out of the direction now. And yeah. Not only, yeah. yeah. Wow. I think another thing that, I mean, is biblical uh, to some degree, but that um, maybe gets misused some in the Christian world and is definitely, even when used correctly, super... Um, confusing to say the least to the unchristian world and that is the idea of laying hands on Mm. somebody right yeah because to the unbelieving world that sounds like he laid hands on her pop you know like that (laughs) hold on i don't want nobody up here laying hands on me in the altar well i came up to get saved not to get beat down <laughs> no. Yeah. I thought you were going to pray a hedge of protection around me, not lay hands on me. Can you right? imagine going up and the pastor's like, I need everybody to come lay hands on it. Somebody just goes, No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Get yeah. away. Or, or, oh, yeah. That's or body of Christ. Okay. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's that, yes. obviously super biblical. We have to understand as Christians what that means. But as an unbeliever, huh? What? Yeah. What? That's just weird and awkward. Like you don't even what know. What part how of the body are you? Because you seem like the butthole. <laughs> Sorry, that was an inappropriate joke. 
I apologize. Oh yeah. So I feel like there's a meme in there somewhere that I could use. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. I, for those of you from my church that are listening, I did not <laughs> laugh at that. Sorry. I totally, again, as you've talked about the first couple of times, be conscious of your audience. And I clearly was not. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I, there are so many, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because even in scripture, no matter the ease of the translation that you might read from, um, it's still, you can't get away from weird phrases that even in, in first, you know, like back then laying hands on, right? Like that's yeah. in scripture, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean what it means now, right? If you were to just use that phrase in a sentence now, it doesn't mean what it meant then. <laughs> so there are things that, I mean, it's certainly we can still use and, and mm-hmm. obviously, and we should because it's scriptural, but, but we probably should, um, you know, like be ready to explain that to unbelievers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to come lay hands on Jim and pray for him. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're right. And I think, I think it's important to, I mean, again, as we talked about with songs and sermons, those things are um, more of one directional in a lot of ways. So understanding it doesn't necessarily, I mean, it, it could feel awkward, but you're, you're in a setting in which that's not necessarily like you don't have to try to interact with that. Whereas within Christian community, like we talked about last week, and especially the words we use with Christian community, there can really be this feeling of, Oh, I'm outside of this club then because I don't know what you're using. Like this language I don't understand. And it can become like this really um, just kind of sit back. And I feel like in many ways, um, this is where sort of this idea comes. Some of it justified, some of it not in which people are like, well, you're your own little thing. Like you're, you're, you don't welcome people in. Cause I mean, you're using exclusive language, exclusive thing to where it feels like, I don't feel like I can belong here because you simply don't, I don't understand what's going on. And I think, again, that's why Christian community is really built to be this family because it's a lot more, it's not rigid. It's a lot more welcoming as a family would be. Whereas, you know, if I go into a corporate setting and they're using words, I don't understand. um, I am going to be like, I don't know if I, like, I don't, I obviously don't belong in this room. (laughs) You're using words like finance and I don't know what that is. Uh, And so it's one of those things where I think the two can, when you do Christian community well as a family, that other part of it, of using language that again, some of it you can just throw away because it's just not helpful. I don't think, but there's other things like you said that is, that are there. They just need explained better. And I think if we do Christian community, well, like we talked about last episode, those things don't seem as, Oh, well, I'm outside of the club as much as it is. Oh, well, you're going to teach me that then. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, a family dynamic is a whole lot different than, a, you know, like this rigid club mentality. If I'm in, if I go to a, a, a club and they're using certain words, I don't know if I want to be here. I don't know if I'm even interested in this. Whereas if I'm at a family gathering and somebody's making an inside joke, it's much more likely that somebody's going to be like, oh, no, yeah, there was this time that Bill was stupid and he got his head stuck and da 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 And it's explained to me is my point. Um, and I think as <laughs> um, that just helps people understand, like you said, with the laying on hands thing, right? Um, there's more of an explanation there than and it, it's a lot less rigid and it's a lot more welcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Whereas there are some language that we just probably don't need to use. Maybe that's where the whole brother sister thing stopped being used so regularly because they're like, man, there's maybe better ways to communicate this that doesn't freak people out. Um, yeah, right. Let's all wear the same clothes too. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> like a, like a yellow tucked in button up shirt, all the top button buttoned as well and no belt, mm-hmm. you know? I, yeah, that doesn't seem weird. Um, <laughs> so, so but actually here no that brings up a really good point right so i think there is this there is this thing where the body is so um christian community is so diverse that it does seem like so i and i'm sure you know you remember this and you may even know it see it in your area but there's this idea there was a church sign forever around here that was up that was like hey come to whatever community church where you don't have to wear a tie and there was this concept, like the whole, the whole mentality was we grew up in an area where you, you kind of got dressed up to go to church a little bit. And this whole church's edge was, you don't got to do that. Um, where I think where the community is so diverse, there's a church I go to, there's literally people that I know when I go to this Sunday are going to be shorts and a t-shirt. And there's, there's going to be some guy up in the corner in a full suit. And that's each of their, like, they're just going to, that's how they're going to come. So if you walk in there, it's not like a, you have to look exactly like this or speak exactly like this. There's unity in Christ. Whereas um, there, I mean, there are some churches I grew up in. One of the first churches I went to a Baptist church, like everybody dressed up. Some people even had pins <laughs> for attendance. So, I mean, there was this very distinctive, like, Oh, you're a general here. Like I don't like I don't know. Did I saluted you? Am I shaking your <laughs> head? There's a lot of buttons, and so it's one of those things where there was really just built into that culture. Like, oh, I'm a, I'm I'm outside of your club. Like I don't know. Like I've got to come for yeah. 500 straight Sundays to get a pin that says that. Um, so it's one of those things where I think I just want to I just want to say there would probably be nobody in my church with that pin. I distinctly remember that. I mean, people prided themselves on getting some of these pins. Um, it was a, it was back. It would have been in the early nineties and it was the Southern Baptist church. And like there, I mean, you got for certain attendance for like certain, I, I get why they did it. It was sort of this incentive thing, but that incentive thing could quickly turn to like work salvation real fast. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, so I think that's like where, as a church, when we, when we use the language we use, we got to be a little careful about, you know, explaining it, um, saying, hey, what is still useful and what is not useful? And I think your rule is really good that you mentioned, like, is it biblical? Great. All right. Let's use that. <laughs> let's just explain it um, to where some things it may not be useful anymore. Right. So, I mean, I think, I think one of the things that I, that I think of, too, that is actually really important piece of the church world that is confusing to people who are maybe not a part of the church is every church you go to, there's some variation of, of a small group. Yes. Um, and it's always called some different stuff, you know, like the small group, small group, Bible study, just Bible study, home group, life group, life transformation group. Missional community, missional community group, right? <laughs> Just community group. Connection, like, connection group, life track, <laughs> next steps. <laughs> right. And and I, I think, I mean, that in and of itself is like this, 
okay, what kind of cult am I getting myself into here? Right? Like what in the world are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and, and here it's actually helpful that we use the family dynamic to describe ourselves because I can very easily just say there, there are these groups, whatever you want to call them, right? Like there are these groups and they're there. Think of it as an immediate family within our family. Um, our greater family as at Hillside, that this is an immediate family where real talk happens and whatever else. So there's an easy picture for me to draw um, of that. But I think that in and of itself is something that, you know, is, is uh, confusing if for no other reason um, than every church has this different name for it, but yeah. it's the same stinking thing. You know what I mean? Like, so you guys have 20 names for the same word? <laughs> yeah, welcome to English. <laughs> you can't agree on them? No. So I, I think as we wrap up this month, one of the things that, I mean, so this particular episode kind of affects all of the other episodes in regards to kind of looking back, because in songs, you're going to use certain words that are a little confusing. In sermons, you might use certain words that are a little confusing. And then all of that culminates in your community, however that, however that looks, and us all using weird songs. So again, I'll go back to the first episode this month where I said that the songs you sing are important because that's going to translate into the language your church uses individually and then corporately. And then when somebody comes in from the outside, that's the language they hear you use now. So, um, you know, if blessings fall is something you sing a lot, expect your church members to maybe use that terminology when they pray, when they talk to people um, and how confusing is that or how helpful is that? Um, same thing when we're using that in the sermons, like the whole idea here is that not that Christianese or Christian talk isn't necessarily bad. It's just that you, we need to understand it because, and, and like all language, it maybe translates through time a little bit. Right. Um, whereas, as I mentioned in the last episode, getting jiggy with it was something that we understood when we were teenagers, even though, you know, I thought it was a lot cooler than it really was. Um, using it now isn't helpful because what is jiggy and how do you get with it? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, so same thing sort of, I mean, like you said, with the laying on of hands, or I think a more pertinent example would be like that whole hedge of protection thing. Like for our parents, parents, people understood that like they just that was kind of the vernacular that was being used uh whereas now you know we might say you know you know just let's pray <laughs> like it's not i mean it, it doesn't need to be complicated two generations from now it'll just be psst, like because apparently we're just degenerating um in how we use words so it'll just be psst. but the idea here is that we make it simple and understandable and not unnecessarily confusing yeah, um, I, it's. I think this is this is like community, right? Like we talked in the last one. Um, of course, we need to watch out for this in our uh, worship to some degree, in our preaching to some degree. Um, but some of those things are chiefly toward God or toward believers who are going to understand some of that language. Yeah. Um, but like community, these are, are things that we have to take into account. And at the very least, if we're going to use some terminology like this, we, we do have to keep in mind 
that we might have to explain to someone what that means. So yeah. if you're not capable, even if you know what it means, but you're not really capable of explaining it well to somebody, don't say it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's like the, the best rule of thumb in my mind. Just don't say it. Um, because there are, there are other ways to say just about anything that you're going to say in a, the Christian language. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're just using something familiar to you. So yeah, no, good deal. Um, <clears throat> I think, I mean, this would obviously be a shorter episode, but the idea is just to tie it kind of all together, understanding that the language, I think my, my kind of ending point on this month would be just understand that the language that we use, we may understand, but it's very likely that the people around us don't. I mean, and that could be even from church to church, for example. There's lots of phrases that some Pentecostal friends I have used that I'm just like, you're going to have to explain that to me a little bit. Um, and vice versa. So we just need to understand, and I think your point there, what you just said is really good. Like, if you can't easily explain it, you probably shouldn't use the word. <laughs> you probably, I mean, or the phrase. Like, you need to be able to at least be able to break it down because some of your friends are at least going to be bold enough to ask you what that means or what that looks like. So um, I know lots of times, not so much anymore, but used to, it was just easier for me to say certain things because I knew what that meant. And I was comfortable saying that. Um, and then I found that the more, especially within sermons, the more that I understood that maybe the words I'm using aren't incredibly clear to mm -hmm. the people I'm talking to. So I need to maybe uh, define that a bit. And luckily uh, my kids have really spurred that along because my daughter doesn't have a poker face. So if I say something confusing, I know that I've said something confusing and uh, she's also very bold and outspoken. So she'll be like, what, what, what do you mean by that? Um, so I think we need some people like that in our lives where they're just being like, I don't get what you just said. <laughs> Please tell me vice versa. She had to explain to me a lot of Gen Z terms that, um, I just don't get. Uh, and I think that, understanding that helps us communicate the gospel better long-term. So, Yeah. Agreed. All That's right, guys. Agreed. <laughs> um, and uh, so is this the end of this pretty I much? I think so. Yeah. Man, that's sad. All right. Well, until next time, folks, I will uh, continually lay virtual hands on you and pray that the Alpha and Omega, the one who is called faithful and true, will create a hedge of protection around you and give you traveling mercies as you make your way to your small home life missional community transformation groups this week. <laughs> amen and amen. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you next month. Bye. <laughs> Bye.